You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, good morning. My name's Rick Francis, and I am so happy that Chuck Kennedy's back from Florida. <laughs> He's only been on staff for a, a brief period, and he was on vacation, and I missed him. So it's really great to have Chuck home. We've been looking uh, in this Thanksgiving time, setting up for the big Thanksgiving event, looking at Thanksgiving testimonies and, and looking at the power of testimony. And testimony is so powerful. When, when you share your testimony, it's an invitation for others to be ignited in faith and believe that for themselves and to receive it so that they can have the same manifestation of God's goodness and his love that was demonstrated in your life and theirs. So I love that. I love when you get one testimony, it begets another testimony. And if you're on the praying side of that and, and you're a young little dude and you're praying for some girl's cracked crown and then you get the testimony that God healed that cracked crown what do you think is going to happen the next time somebody says, I got a tooth problem? Oh, yeah. The first healing I was ever a part of was with a young lady who had endometriosis. And I didn't even know what that was. And I prayed for her. Uh, I pr she wasn't even present. Her mom was talking about the situation with her. We prayed, we stopped, we prayed and she was supposedly never going to be able to have children because of the severity of this condition. And I think she's had three children now. And she was healed, and, and they knew that she was healed. And so anybody says, I need prayer for endometriosis. Mm, my antenna goes up. I'm going, okay, Jesus, we, we, we've done that before. Let's do it again. And that's kind of the, the common vernacular of, of what testimony means. It means do it again. It's something that's to be repeated. And at, I shared just a little bit last week, you know, fr from the Hebrew. It has to do with the, the opening of the door in the house that's repeated over and over going through the entrance of the doorway into a house. It's something that is to happen in a regular, regular fashion. So I'm excited about that, Thanksgiving testimony. We also have been looking at what is it that you see? You, you know that I've been pursuing, trying to see into the spirit realm more and more. I want to see in the spirit, by the Holy Spirit. I want to see what, what the Lord wants me to see. I want to see with his eyes. Uh, and we, we looked last week, you know, ever since the fall, we kind of looked through the eyes of the serpent instead of the eyes of the Lord. And, and we don't want to see through the eyes of the world, through the eyes of our own brokenness. We want to see through heaven's eyes. We want to see through the Lord's eyes. We want to see through the eyes of the Spirit so that we can see things as they really are. So when the question comes, how, what are you seeing? How, how, how's your sight? How are you seeing today? And it's like, well, I don't know. I haven't seen anything. Anybody seen an angel this morning? I'm still looking for him. I know they're here. Man, I, I, I can sense them. I can, my, my figure of speech is, I can smell them. <laughs> but I, I haven't seen them yet. 
But what, what do you see? You know, and if you see, see in the end. And if you don't see, then it's what, what are you hearing? And boy, this morning, there was a lot being said this morning. Uh, his voice was coming through the, through the songs, through the worship, uh, through the Holy Spirit personalizing, taking something that was said, a word of encouragement, Anne's testimony, you hear something and it's come and, and then you just have the Lord speaking to you completely different than what everything else is, is going on around you. And he's speaking a personal word to you, just what you needed to hear. And we thank him for that. But if you're not hearing anything, you may have been here and you got through this whole time all the way up until now and you're saying, I haven't heard a thing. All I know is my toe hurts or something. You know, you, you've got something that's kind of preoccupied. You're preoccupied with, you're focused on something and, and you may have missed everything this morning and no condemnation, no shame with that. It's not too late to hear. But sometimes when we can't hear, what we can do is we can remember. And that's where testimony comes in. We remember what God has done. And as I was preparing for today, I was just thinking, Lord, Thanksgiving, it would be a great day to just have testimonies of, of going back and just looking at everything that you've done in our lives. You know, sometimes we, we don't look back to thank the Lord. We're not, we're not looking back to do introspection and to do navel gazing and all that kind of, We're looking back to give thanks to the Lord to see where he's brought us from. And the Holy Spirit took me all the way back to conversion. He was taking me all the way back. And for a split moment, I could feel the angst of not knowing the Lord. And I remembered the joy of coming into relationship with Jesus inviting him into my life to be the Lord of my life. And what happened in my heart, the transformation that took place, the stuff that instantly just kind of went away, and then the stuff I had to work through. It seems like we always have that dynamic. We have some stuff that instantly fall off, but then we have some of the things that we've got to be real intentional about in order to see the Lord bring us through that so that we become more and more like him. It's like, man, that's good. I like that. Keep it up, Lord. Help us to see and help us to remember. <clears throat> so I, I went back to salvation. I went back to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that was a glorious day. You know, I, I was a sophomore in high school. And I don't think my foot touched the hallway at Southport High School for two weeks <clears throat> after I had my encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it was just like, I'm walking the halls that I walked in. I'm playing on the basketball floor that I played on. And I'm going through life. And it's, it's completely different. I see everything differently. It's just amazing what happens when the Spirit kind of takes you and gives you an upgrade in your revelation, in your personal intimacy and relationship with the Father, Son, and with Himself. And as that happens, that, that is so wonderful. So wonderful. And then I thought of when he came and encountered me in college. And I'm in college. You, you know, you're going to have these updates in your walk with Jesus. I came to Jesus like when I was 9, 10 years old, uh, fourth grade. And, and, and when I came to the Lord and continued to come to, you know, it's like there's always an upgrade. There's always an update. And sometimes it's so, it's so radical, it feels like, 
I wasn't even saved until now. You know, this is what salvation's like. I thought I was saved back when in fourth grade and, and that's nothing compared to what I'm experiencing. And it's like, no, you were saved in fourth grade. That was a fourth grade version of salvation that was totally adequate for a fourth grader. But now you're not a fourth grader, now you're a high schooler. Now you're not a high schooler, now you're in college. Now you're not in college, you're a young adult. Now you're not just a young adult, you're a husband and a father. And it's like every time there's a, there's a, there's a, new, there's a new increase, an upgrade, an intimacy with him, an anointing that's released. And so I was just thanking the Lord and I just thought, man, what are all the things that the Lord has delivered me from? And so I, th I thought for a little while about some of the things that he delivered me from. I got introduced to pornography when I was in second grade and it was like, thanks a lot, <clears throat> buddy. <laughs> My friend's older brother, was, uh, we spend the night and it's just like, Ugh. and I just thought of all the different things that he's delivered me from and then I thought, you know, I really don't want to just focus on that because there is that aspect of what the Lord does for us. He, he delivers us from things. He forgives us from things. He restores us from things. But then he takes us to himself. He, he brings an awareness how wonderful he is. We see him, quote unquote, see him, but we see him kind of dimly, like in a mirror. 1 Corinthians 13, it's, it's like we, we see it, it's a little distorted, but we see him and that is so amazing. And the first time we get a glimpse of him, it's like, that's all I need. That is so wonderful. Oh, yes. And then we find out, no, I need to see him more clearly. <clears throat> and so we continue to pursue and to, to find how wonderful he is and how marvelous and beautiful he is. We, we see the forgiveness, we see the cleansing, we see the transforming, we see how he delivers Huh? And then we see how he engages us at a deeper level of intimacy, oh, day by day. So I'm going to throw up uh, Luke chapter 9. I'm going to read verse 27 to you in a couple translations before you get the board on 28, okay? Here Jesus is, is talking. He's speaking to the people. He says, but I promise this. He's talking to his disciples. He says, I promise you this. There are some of you standing here right now who will not die until you have witnessed the presence and power of God's kingdom realm. Okay? In the in New Living Translation, it says, And I assure you that some of you standing here right now will not die before you see, you know, that's my hot button, see, the kingdom of God. I'd like to put those verses together because I, I like the, the see the kingdom of God. But in the Passion Translation, it says, it kind of gives an interpretation of the kingdom, the presence and the power of God's kingdom realm. I like presence and power. That, that just gives it a little more punch. I like that. Now, verse 28. After Jesus says that, the transfiguration takes place. There's some of you guys that are going to see the kingdom. You're going to see it, the presence and the power. And eight days later, <laughs> they see it. Eight days later, Jesus took Peter, Jacob, which is James, 
Brian Simmons loves to translate the James word with Jacob and go back to the, the Aramaic of, of that. And John, and climbed a high mountain to pray. I thought that was interesting. Jesus, why don't we just climb a little hill? Why do we have to climb a high mountain in order to pray? You know, there's, there's some effort that's involved when we're wanting to get into the presence of the Lord. It's not a performance thing, but it is something that shows our, our determinedness, our determination to get in his presence. As he prayed, his face began to glow until it was blinding glory streaming from him. His entire body was illuminated with a radiant glory. His brightness became so intense that it made his clothing blinding white like multiple flashes of lightning. Now that sounds quite dazzling to me. All at once two men appeared in glorious splendor, Moses and Elijah. They spoke with Jesus about his soon departure from this world and the things that he was destined to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had become very drowsy, but, when they became full of, but they became full awake when they saw the glory and splendor of Jesus standing there with the two, and the two men with him. As Moses and Elijah were about to return to heaven, Peter impetuously blurted out, Master, this is amazing to see the three of you together. Why don't we stay, why don't we stay here and set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah? While Peter was still speaking, a radiant cloud of glory formed above them and overshadowed them. As the glory cloud enveloped them, they were struck with fear. Then the voice of God thundered from within the cloud. This is my son, my beloved one. Listen carefully to all he has to say. When the thunderous voice faded away and the cloud disappeared, Jesus was standing there alone. Peter, Jacob, and John were speechless and awestruck, but they didn't say a word to anyone about what they'd seen. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name. Mm. Do you think it's helpful to see? Think it's helpful? Do, do, you, do you agree with the old adage, seeing is believing? You know, it's like, man, you know, seeing is believing. What, what disciple do you kind of associate seeing is believing with? Thomas, Thomas. Unless I see the nail prints and put my finger there, I won't believe. And then Jesus shows up and he goes, ah, bah, 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 bah. Uh, my Lord, my God, you know. Jesus says, come on, come on. And no, 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 that's, that's good, that's good. Seeing is believing, uh-huh. But do you know, it, it kind of works backwards. Believing is seeing. It's really hard to see things that you don't believe. Why is it difficult for us to see in the realm of the Spirit? Because we have an adversary and we got a world system and culture that's under his influence for centuries that has caused us to see things a certain way. The thing that the evil one knows is that if we believe, we'll start to see. 
And as we begin to believe in the Lordship of Jesus Christ and and we invite him into our lives and he forgives us our sins and we build that relationship with him, we start to see some things, some things that we didn't see before. Sometimes we we, kind of grow a conscience overnight where we had no conscience. All of a sudden now it bothers us to do certain things. And it's like, oh, okay. Because we're believing and the more we believe, the more we will see. I think that's true. I always thought seeing is believing. But you know, there's so much in the kingdom that you can't see with the natural eye. And that's why Paul prays for the church at Ephesus that we looked at last week. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. You know, there's, there's a whole dynamic that there's something that has to happen from the outside upon us for us to be able to have spiritual sight. Hmm. I I think it's interesting that the disciples, when they see Jesus and they start to see his face start to glow and they, they see his clothing and they see the radiance, and then there's Moses and Elijah that shows up and, and, and Peter says, this is amazing to see. It's amazing to see. I think it's really, really amazing to see. The problem is sometimes we can get caught off on the amazement of seeing that the way in which we pursue the Lord in relationship with the Lord is, Lord, I want to know you so I can see what others can't see. You know, I want to be elite and exclusive. I want to be in the, the green beret of heaven, those that can see. I want those, those infrared goggles so that when I come in, I can see what's going on, really. I can see where you're hiding. Da, 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 da. I, I want those, those that have that heat sensor that you can see so you can be completely hidden, but we know that there's something that's living and it's got blood bleeding behind that wall over there because we can see. Our whole purpose of seeing is not so that we can be elite and super special. The whole purpose of seeing is so that we can know him, so that we can know his ways, so we can see what's happening. We want to see. I want to see heaven. Anybody gone to heaven this week? I'm really looking forward to going to heaven every week. And by that, I don't mean exiting planet Earth uh, through death. Uh, I mean in the spirit going to heaven. Why? Because we're, we're told by Jesus in the prayer that he taught his disciples, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Now, thank the Lord for his book. We've got his book and we can learn a lot about what, what's going on in heaven. We can learn a lot about that. But there's a little difference between reading about it and, and seeing it and being there. Seeing some of these things, uh, you're saying, gosh, the bald guy's, losing it today. He's off his cookie. He's talking pretty soon he's going to be getting out the snakes. And, you know, we know this is going someplace. No, 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 no. But I do want to stretch us. I do want us to stretch and go beyond what is just our Western rational approach to Christianity and to relationship with Jesus. I want us to realize that we have a a Holy Spirit who is able to take us places and show us things and reveal things to us that is so amazing. And I believe that seeing is really, really important. And I'm still talking on this side of the fence. 
as soon as I get on the other side of the fence, I may have more wisdom and know how to package it better so that we can all enter it. But I think it's something that we all need to be striving for. And as we go to share the testimonies of what the Lord's showing us in the process of the journey so that we can bring others into the same reality that we're pursuing. So I think it's really, really helpful to see. In uh, Kings, 2 Kings 6.16, Elisha's there. He, he's, he's noted, he's a marked man because he, he knows everything that's happening in the king's chambers. And he's protecting and he's given counsel and direction and all this kind of stuff. So they're, they're sending out a squad to, to take care of him. So we got chariots and everything that's coming out. And his servant's afraid. But this is Elisha's response. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I love that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, it's not a fair fight, folks. We've got the upper hand. If we just knew how to play it, if we knew how to appropriate it, we would not encounter a situation that we come out on the short end of the stick. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. And when I read that, my spirit started going nuts. It was just like, open his eyes that he may see. This is what the prophet of the Lord prayed for his servant. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When we see from heaven's viewpoint, when we see with the eyes of the Lord, when we see spiritually, we see things that are the solutions, the answers. We see the resources. All of a sudden, every difficulty that we're facing, every obstacle that's there, all of a sudden, it's, it's not intimidating because we see what the Lord is going to be able to do in response to it. Okay, Lord, how do you want to show up in this situation? What, what's, your, what's your amazing solution to this problem? There's nothing in the kingdom that's not solvable. I love that. And we looked last week at Job can't get away from Job. I've been with Job last week, this week. I continue to stay with Job 42, 5 and 6. Just amazing. Where Job, at the end of all of the climax of the whole thing, as he's coming, he's gotten all his friends telling him where his heir is and what he's doing. And he's had his day in court and he's, he's presented his case before the Lord. And now the Lord speaks. And after the Lord speaks and shows up, Job says, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. The New Living Translation says, therefore, I take back everything I said. You know, now that I see you, you know, Lord, just forget it, forget all the things, all my arguments, all the things that I thought were just really a good, you know, presentation of why you should do something about my situation. Pulls it all back because he'd heard, he'd heard, but now he'd seen. And that's, that's kind of what happens 
with Jesus and the woman at the well. You know, the whole village hears her testimony and, and they come to Jesus and they believe in Jesus. But the, the end of that little story segment hits and, and now they say, now we have seen him and we have known him and we've heard him ourselves. We no longer believe just because of your testimony, but because now we have experienced him. It's great to have a testimony. It's great-er to have that testimony bring an experience of an encounter for you to where you have the ability to see and experience him in all his glory. So this is how John, in 1 John 3, verse 2, he puts it this way. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when, we, when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Keyword? Anybody know the keyword here? See. We'll see him. You know, it's like, we know that we're his children. We're sons and daughters of the Most High. We don't know the full maturation process. We don't know what we're going to look like, you know, in a year, next week, tomorrow. We don't know exactly what we're going to be. And some believe that this is referring to, we don't know what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. We're not going to know what our state of, of, of being is going to be when we get to heaven. But here's, here's the, the truth that comes out of the scripture. When we see him, we're going to be like him. Because we will see him as he is. Now, I don't know how the Holy Spirit takes that to your heart, but to my heart it's like, Lord, I want to see you. I want to see you. Because I've got so much religious junk inside my being that I've got so many distortions of you based on poor teaching, ignorant people telling me what Jesus is like and stuff like And I know I'm guilty of some of the same stuff with you. And it's like, Lord, they, my people need to see you because it, what I've said is not in anywhere giving an accurate reflection of who you are. They need to see you. I need to see you. I need to see you. Why? Because the more I see him, the more I become like him. The whole thing in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, you know, it's, it's that the unveiled, you know, it's, it's the day in which the veil of Moses is no longer there and the glory is present. And as we behold the glory of the Lord, we're being transformed by that presence, by seeing him for who he is to the place that we go from one level of glory to another level of glory to another level of glory. And one of the songs we hit this morning was about more, 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 more. And I just thought, oh, more. Come on, more. To see him fully and accurately the way he is. Now you're saying, Rick, you've talked about this three weeks. Have you seen him yet? We're going to keep talking about it until we see him. You know, it's, it's like we, we, we need to sit and read, you know, and just kind of be like a, a mother hen and just sit on this egg until it hatches. 
We need to know that, Lord, we're, we're in it for the long haul. We're not here because we're just going through a phase and we just want to be religiously cool and have this ability to see in the Spirit, you know, and experience a spiritual gift or something. No, Lord, we want to know you and we want to, to be stewards of your presence, stewards in your kingdom, stewards of the resources that are ours that we know about. But how, do, do you realize that if you see in the spirit realm, you will realize how much more resources are available? And when you realize what's available, you'll know how to steward them because you'll see them. Sometimes I think that the Lord lets us see, I, 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 I think it's a deception, I think it's a deception that I've lived with for a long time. Lord, just let me see enough that I can handle. Don't let me see something that's going to screw me up and just cause me to go bonkers. But give me enough sight so I can see how to navigate today. Kind of my daily bread type of thing. And I think there's, there's, there's something in that that sounds noble and sounds mature and sounds spiritual but it also I think at the bottom line it's also the heart of a scaredy cat you know I think at the heart of it is a fear that I that that God doesn't know how to raise his son and he might give me more than I can handle and it's like no I don't think so I think he might show you his bank account. Cool. You may not have access to all that's in the bank account, but it doesn't hurt to know what's in it so that you know what's available. And then you can ask him, how do I appropriate the resources that you've shown me? How do I appropriate them in my day-to-day walking with you? And that's what he wants to do for us. He wants that relational dynamic where we're with him, dependent upon him, partnering with him for his purposes in the earth so that his glory that is seen on the Mount of Transfiguration is not just one event that happened back in history, but now becomes a reality that his glory is coming upon you and flowing through you. And with the collective glory of all of us, It's like the fires that Gloria saw during worship. Whether we're a big fire or a little fire, when he puts the the lighter fluid on it, it just like, and then we come into one fire and the glory of the Lord covers the earth. This is a good day to be alive. This is a good day to be alive and to be in relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and with your brothers and sisters flowing in the kingdom. So that we'll see, we'll see the river of the light of his glory throughout the land. So how you seeing? <laughs> how we seeing? <sighs> Came across a book. Uh, Judy Franklin wrote this book, uh, Experiencing the Heavenly Realms. <clears throat> Anybody read? She's Bill Johnson's secretary. So, you know, she, and she shares a little bit of her story that's really interesting because she always thought she was stupid. And here she's wrote this incredible book that's just, blessed, just blessing my heart. And I've enjoyed it. Here's a prayer that she has at the end of one of her chapters. It's going to be on the screen. I'm going to read it for you. You can just see it. And then if you want to pray it, 
I invite you to pray it too. But first, see so that you can see what it is. And then if, if it's something that you want to pray, pray. Father, I come right now in the name of Jesus on the authority of your word and I ask you to open my spiritual eyes. Help me to see your realm and your world in a clearer way than I ever before. Sanctify my imagination. Stretch the limitations of what I think, hope, or believe because now my imagination is under your leadership. Make my imagination a birthing place for your visions, your dreams, your plan, and your purposes. Help my imagination through the power of your spirit to be able to receive what you are speaking and doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you agree with that? Okay, if you do, I invite you to stand and let's pray it. If you don't, no problem. Father, I come right now in the name of Jesus on the authority of your word and I ask for you to open my spiritual eyes. Help me to see your realm and your world in a clearer way than ever before. Sanctify my imagination, Lord. Stretch the limitations of what I think, hope, or believe because now my imagination is under your leadership. Make my imagination a birthplace for your visions, your dreams, your plan, and your purposes. Help my imagination through the power of your spirit be able to receive what you are speaking and doing in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Some of the things that I think the Lord wants to do for us this morning as we see in the Spirit, if you have any kind of teeth issues, we want to pray for you today. We have a testimony in the house, and we want to, we want to act on that. So it doesn't have to be a cracked crown. It could be any kind of teeth issues, mouth issues, whatever. Just invite you to come and, and receive prayer. Um, if you want to see him, I think we all want to see him more. Just spend some time letting him know that. Asking him to manifest his presence in tangible ways that you can see him. You... <laughs> You may see the person of Jesus. You may see him in, in a work that he performs. You may see him in, in as part of his creation or in another person. But let's start looking to see him. When you get ready in the morning and you look in the mirror and you're brushing your teeth, could be like me, just trying to get your hair fixed just so-so, and you're looking to make sure you got it combed right and everything, as, as you're there, just say, I see you. I see you. I know you're in there. Mm-hmm. Get used to that. The other thing that I, I felt as, as I was praying for this morning, I, I felt like the Lord said that part of the reason it's difficult to see is that the enemy's been able to pass on, I think generationally, 
a spirit of rejection that has come down generation after generation. And when we have rejection on us, it's hard to believe that we have a father that wants to accept us. And it's hard to believe that he really wants to show us the truth. Because we believe that, that, you know, we inherited rejection. And I think he wants to, he wants to just kind of take rejection and just rip it right off of us today and say, this will help you see me a little clearer. There's several different kind of obstacles, and we may get to those next week, the kind of obstacles that, that hinder us from seeing in the fullness that he wants us to see. But this morning I felt like rejection is one of the things that's kind of foundational. If we have, a, you know, a, a kind of a spirit of rejection or a generational uh, uh, kind of junk that's passed on, that has come, our, our parents suffered with rejection, our grandparents, and, and now it's on us, and, and we may even see it with our children, and, and we want to see that stopped, okay? So if you have that, I definitely want to pray for you and, and others to come and, and pray for you as well, okay? So here comes the worship team. As they come and play this last song, you feel free to start doing business. Lord, I want to see. Lord, cleanse, remove obstacles, anything that's happening. Just get it out of the way. If there's rejection stuff, prepare your heart for him to come and to just release and, and, and deliver you from whatever form of rejection that the evil ones tried to put on us. Yeah, Chuck always. Listen to what Chuck has to say. Past Wednesday, I was in Florida, and uh, we were getting packed, and I said to my wife, I go, I'd love to go to a worship service on uh, the, tonight if there is anyone. So I checked around. There was a church called Impact Life, so I went there. They had a men's gathering. There's no vineyards anywhere in northern Florida. I mean, you had to go several hundred miles to find a vineyard. So I walk in there, and a guy talks to me. and goes, now, where are you from? I said, well, we're from Indiana. I'm from Indiana. And I said, and I go to a church called The Vineyard. He goes, hey, everybody, vineyard people are here. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was trained in Kansas City. And he goes, these guys always bring this stuff with them. <laughs> now, no pressure. why am I bringing this up? Other people see you differently. You know, Rick is talking about seeing and doing things. In other churches, that's... We expect the supernatural because we live in the supernatural. And if you just saw what happened that night, you'd have said, that's crazy. Because the Holy Spirit started falling on people, addicted people that were... I mean, it, it was amazing what happened that night. But there's one thing about it. He's talking about seeing. You're actually seeing God almost all the time. We talked about this in our, just today. How many times have you just walked down the street to seen the same sight you've seen a thousand times and you suddenly go, God did that. You look at a tree, you see a flower. There's something you just stop and makes you go, God did that. The presence of God has just come upon you. You saw, he was saying, look at me here. He's not saying, look at the flower. He's saying, look at me. You see it in people. You see it all the time. You're vineyard people. We really have a, 
It's not that we're something different. We're trained to expect more. And so if someone, if, if you have an experience that's seeing something, express it. Don't hold it back. If you've seen something in a heavenly realm that you, don't hold it back. Don't feel like you're going to think I'm crazy. If you start it with that, then I'm going to think you're crazy. But if you say, you want, this is the most incredible thing you ever heard, I'm going to say, oh, now tell me. Okay? Let those go. Let those out. Because I'm telling you, when you do that, you encourage me. You encourage Jim. You encourage someone else to say, well, you know what? I was in a prayer time and I started to drift to someplace and I thought it was just my imagination and I pulled myself back. Next time you'll go and you'll drift into a place that's unbelievable, that you can't describe, but you'll know where you are and you'll hear things you've never heard before. So deafening, loud, beautiful chorus of music, it's just unbelievable. And then you'll say, God is real. And there'll be no doubt in your mind. Because we are vineyard. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from the vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.